Well, recording in progress, your own self. Oh, Frank. Hi. Frank, you have no idea how excited I am to finally meet you. Oh, cool your jets, honey. <laughs> I, how are you? I'm great. I'm just waiting for my, my rock star co-host to, uh, you know, do her thing. <laughs> All right. But you're looking fabulous. Thank hey, there you are. There's JD. <laughs> My rock star co-host, J.D. Dan. Hello. Hi. Hi, J.D. Frank DeCaro. Hi, Frank. Nice to meet you in nice person. Thank you. We're as close yeah. to in person as we'll get. Wait, let me, I'm raising my volume there. there All right. Uh, it's, yes. I'm as it's, ready as I'll ever be. You know what? <laughs> Frank, I, I swear, I've been following you on Facebook for so long. Back in the day when you would do a floor du jour. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I was doing that. I, I, you know, it's there. It's all, it's like therapy in, in a, for, in the group home. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something that it was something to do. And, and I, I, when we moved, that was kind of when we first moved to LA and I really wanted to, one of the reasons to move to LA was kind of to, in therapy speak, to kind of be more present, to kind of look, kind of to see again, instead of just moving through the motions. Right. So that's kind of what, what that was it's been nine years already since we moved here that's nine how amazing it's amazing it's um it seems like the right fit though like i feel oh i love it oh my god we're crazy about it we just we love it and right before covid we we bought a condo and it's we are jim and i right now are as far apart in the apartment as we can be our desks are in the opposite corners in two different bedrooms um and that's what got us through COVID. If we, I, I always tell people, I said, if we lived in our last apartment, we, before this one, we would have fought all the time. And if we lived <laughs> in the one in New York, we'd have killed each other. So uh, it worked out nicely that we're, uh, uh, we did, we got on famously. So. Yeah. The, the lockdown thing was, uh, that was no joke. That was hard. No, but we got on, we, we really did well. <laughs> I think we made it through because my wife was able to, get up each morning and walk to her boss's place and actually work from there. Um, so it felt like we didn't miss a step, you know, she still, right, right. you know, went to work while I was working at home and, and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. And JD, you never stopped working. Did you? I never stopped. I couldn't stop because our business other than me wanting to be a rock star, <laughs> my business is pallets. So everything was still being shipped during that time. Yeah. So we were still working and, you know, thank God we weren't shut down, but I, I had to go to work every day. So I couldn't really enjoy the, uh, the lockdown. Like some people got a chance <laughs> to really do great things like write books and things like that. But I did write a song. That's a song is good. I did a book proposal and, and started the book during uh and now i'm really now i'm now it's crunch time now i've really got to put the pedal oh. to the metal and make it happen but uh on a new book but uh i did that but i kind of when freelance dry, writing dried up because i you know i write about happy topics and they they weren't interested in that you know Nobody i mean it was, was right wasn't the, you know oh boy funko figurines my favorite <laughs> you know let's write about the people who collect those they weren't into those stories at all so i was 
SOL, as we say, and had nothing to do. So I treated it like retirement in a way. And I, I, uh, I watched, we watched all six seasons in the movie of Downton Abbey in less time than it took Mrs. Pattinson to cook Christmas dinner. We just, we, watched, <laughs> we just breezed through it. And it was, we were doing five hours at a time. And uh, it was fun. That's what we did. We did a lot of binging, a lot of a lot of binging on things. You know, my my wife's a a little bit younger uh, than me, and so there were a lot of things that she um, discovered during lockdown. Like she came running down the stairs one day and said, "There's this show called the Mary Tyler Moore Show that's on, and it's in black and white, and it's really good." (laughs) So, you know, like we just that's funny. Yeah, we just binged on things that like, you know, that maybe she had heard of, you know, but never really saw. So that was fun, like seeing those those things through through her eyes. That was that was pretty fun. Oh, definitely. We took in that happens a lot. That happened to me with Danny with with uh, Andy Griffith. She's like, what's Mayberry? I'm like, what's Mayberry? What do you mean, what's Mayberry? It's only where I want to live. We have younger partners. (laughs) Jim is seven years younger than I am, uh, but he's such an old soul that there are some, a song from the 50s will come on that his father loved, and suddenly it'll be, uh, you know, he'll he'll be singing all the words. I was like, how the hell do you know all the words? And he <laughs> yeah. does, you know. It, it so. is. It's, uh, it's great. Like, yeah, my, yeah, my wife has a, a big time old soul and she loves those period pieces, uh, you know, movies like that. So we we did a lot of uh, a lot of that kind of stuff too. I, I have to get dragged into those kicking and screaming like Gentleman Jack, <laughs> you know, like I didn't think I was going to like it. And then about two or three seasons in, I'm like, this is okay. This is okay. And now the new one's coming out. So we're super thrilled about that. Um, and we love, you know, Saran Jones has a huge following over here in London. I mean, it's just diehard. And she's done so many different things that after I was like, well, this gentleman Jack thing is, this is okay. This is good. We started finding some other things that she was in and it was really uh, really, really good. Like Dr. Foster, I think was one. And um, this latest one was Vigil. And I think that might be up for a BAFTA. I just read the BAFTA nominations this morning. So yeah, I think Gentleman Jack's going to have an even bigger um, following this year because of the the BAFTA nomination um, for her. She's really good. She's, she's really, uh, you know, she, she's real diverse. She can, she can play anything. If you can play Gentleman Jack and keep people interested, you know, <laughs> Like Ann Lister and keep people interested. Like there's there's something about you. Um, so Frank, I uh, I think I posted on your on your Facebook that I felt like the universe knew you were coming on and gave us something to talk about as far as the Oscars go. Oh my God, I I hate the word. Do you want me to just launch or what? Launch. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I. I hate a lot of therapy speak and the word trigger triggers me. I'm usually horrified <laughs> by the word trigger. Yeah. <laughs> I was genuinely triggered by what happened on that Oscar telecast. And it wasn't just the slap. It was the slap followed by the standing ovation. The right. yelling. That was the triggering <laughs> moment because it was yeah. that feeling of I'm on the schoolyard some bully is pummeling me and the other students are cheering him on. Crowd is, yeah, the crowd is cheering. And, and the authorities, meaning here the academy or the, in that case, the teachers 
aren't stepping in to do anything about. Yeah. And so it really was, have, has nothing changed since high school? And you know what the answer is? And we kind of knew this going in Hollywood. No, nothing's changed. Probably anywhere. Nothing's changed yeah. since high school, yeah. but particularly yeah. in Hollywood. And it was the standing ovation was the appalling icing on a horror of a cake. You know, yeah. it, right. it was, it was just, and, and ultimately it comes down in my mind, that was the most selfish thing to, to, to derail everyone's night. Yes. Was not only wrongheaded, it was just selfish. It was, and, and I, I, I said this, I said, it's, it's either toxic masculine, you know, a, a rampant example of toxic masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. it's a red flag of mental illness because people who are in their right minds don't do that. Oh, you know, agreed. agreed. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was so layered for me. Like when I and of course, mind you, I'm in London, so I didn't even get it until Monday. You know, so I knew you I might have heard realize. the real words. We, yeah. we all ran to Twitter to hear the F-bombs. You know, we were like, oh, my God, that's what he said. I, I was like, I couldn't even I, I couldn't believe I feel like Britain woke up and went, what the hell just happened over there? Like that was, it was crazy. And it's an embarrassment. It, yeah. And it was so layered because my first thought was she, she could have, hand, she handled it like a champ. She just eye rolled right. or a or wave off or something like that would have really been enough. Like, I just feel like out of all the women, you know, with those guns and that face, you know, she could have handled that on her own. I don't know that she needed him to display. Right you know, his manliness on her behalf, first of all. Second of all, my my gut was like, I couldn't believe the standing ovation as well. And then I read that like um, Denzel Washington and Samuel Jackson all ran to, to, uh, to Will Smith during the break to check. Nobody gave a crap about Chris Rock. Like nobody said anything. I mean, granted that was low hanging fruit you know, of a joke. It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't front row slaughter, you know, but you're in the public eye. It's the Oscars. Ricky has said far worse, far worse at at any of the award ceremonies that he's hosted. He's, he's leveled, you know, some people in a, in a huge meaner way, in in my opinion. And we're at this point, like I, I, that if you, if you're a comedian, is this something you got to worry about now? It is. Someone's going to walk it, right it, up it, and smack you. Yeah. And and the, the sad part of it was, I love when people are like, what a cruel thing to say. And I was like, okay, if calling you G.I. Jane is a cruel thing to say, you've never been fat, you've never been black, you've never been LGBTQIA+, right. you've never right. been a woman. Right. Never, right. It's like, don't tell me that G.I. Right. Jane is the worst thing anyone's ever said. You know, it's Not, like, honestly in this day and age, in this right. day and age, you know, ever, you know, it's like four years that we've had yeah. people have been called way worse. But yeah, the well, whole thing is just mind. I, I think what it did was it brought also so much attention to the fact uh, that she has alopecia, which yeah. I don't think most people even knew. And I think that's why, well, I didn't know, I didn't know, but I, I think that that's why he got upset, right? Like he yeah. thought that it was like a shot at her for that. But 
you're right. I mean, she looked beautiful. She kind of smiled and, you know, as offended by that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she was as offended by that as he made that out to be such a terrible thing that was said. So really we kind did. of brought more attention to that. One of the that it one wasn't of the, such a terrible thing. Yeah, it, and and that's that's great. Like I I told you before, there's a show over here called Made in Chelsea, and one of the girls that's like the sex bomb of the show. Um, finally, after twelve or thirteen years of being on the show, she's she's fessed up that she's dealing with alopecia, and now she's like you know, a big advocate for it. And she's, you know, promotes the, all the different medications and, and clinics and therapies and all that kind of stuff. So she's, she's kind of, you know, putting a spotlight on it. And I get that it's probably a terrible thing, but I also think that, you know, Jada's made it public and, you know, maybe Chris knew, maybe he didn't, it was still a crappy thing to say, but like you said, Frank, like, you know, there's been way worse said, and I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just thought that the whole thing was such a, 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 there's been so many different takes. Like Howard Stern was saying, where was security? I don't think anybody, I thought about that too. And I thought to myself, I feel like everybody for the first instant thought it was going to be a bit like even even Chris Rock. Right. Like saying, Oh, well he braced for it. And I was like, I think he thought it was going to be a stage punch. I think he yeah. was gearing up because it was going to be a funny bit that they were exactly. going to do together. Exactly. Not, oh, I'm going to really slap the crap out of him, which is what he ended <laughs> up doing. I And also it's like, alopecia jokes are not cruel. I'm sorry. They're just, you know, it, it's your wife is a whore and your children aren't yours. That's cruel. <laughs> You know, right. you know, right. your closet case. That's mean. You know, it's probably true, but it's mean. Right. You know, uh, to do that to someone. But right. it's just if if you have to worry about a G, and it's a GI Jane joke. It was about short hair. It wasn't about alopecia. Right. And, and, and right. Then you get someone like Tiffany Haddish saying she thought it was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen. It's like, lady, you're. I, I'm not saying cancel them from the business. But I cancel people from my life, you know. <laughs> Very I much canceled. so. Yep. Bill Smith, I canceled in '93 when he said homophobic things when he was making uh, that his fans wouldn't accept him kissing another man while he played a hustler in uh, Six Degrees of Separation. It's like you know what? Then don't take the role of a hustler right. if you can't kiss another man. Sorry, right. do it. Do something. Don't. I don't care if you don't want to play that. But yeah. don't take the role, cash the check, and then not do the job. Right. Like, right. The job is you're supposed to kiss a man. That's and right. it's like, if that's what the script calls for and you read it, you do it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Denzel counseled him back then that your fans won't be able to handle it. So, you know, I mean, it's just, sorry. I do that. I make these like, little mental yeah. notes too along the way. I want, you know, are you when, sure you're not Italian? Are you Italian anywhere in there? That's, <laughs> oh, am. yeah. Oh, that's an Italian thing to do. Oh, yeah. We're just like, yes. oh, no, I'll forgive you. I'm just never going to forget it. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. Right, it's like, right. oh, no, 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 no. She is, oh. too. She is, too. So, yeah, we yeah, got it. Yeah, we know what this is like. It's it's unbelievable. I swear. I was like, you know, and the thing like eating my feelings like all day, Monday and Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know what to I do with it. I felt the same. I didn't know what to do with those feelings. I, I And it just, and people are like, it wasn't even really about, it, it was about getting away with violence 
that the world on a world stage on a world stage and, and it was kind of like don't believe your eyes it's yeah like, we all watched it it's like I, right right <laughs> exactly and then this bullshit with the academy saying well you know one person was sitting over there and another person was sitting over there and we really didn't have time to convene and figure out what we were going to do and so they just put a blanket statement out that we don't condone violence and it was like well apparently you do <laughs> you know it's That's just, right now, if someone had come out and said, we are going to continue with the show, but the Academy feels this cannot go unmentioned. Good. And we we do not, in the moment, the next person out said, we do not condone this violence. Now that they should have aired, like we didn't get that. Yeah. We didn't get that over here because we get a very condensed version. Which no, I they didn't say, they didn't say that. I'm saying that's what they should have they said. Oh, you know? oh, no, they yes. I'm saying yes. the next person you saw after that happened should have been right. the head of the academy right. on that stage, mm-hmm. right? Walking up and saying something, yeah, we do not condone. I don't do you take the, the award away from him? No, I don't think. Do no. you throw him out of the academy? Probably, yeah, yeah, going forward, yeah. yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, they, they talked about taking away his Oscar, right? Or did I just? Was that they, yeah, they, was, that was one of the things? Yeah, they they've got like a lot of different things that they can do. They just have to decide what they're going to do. Um, but there has yeah, there has to be some accountability. And I feel like he knows that. He knows that he knows it's coming because he was doing damage control by putting out his Instagram. Because there he was in his acceptance speech saying, I'm sorry, never said I'm sorry to Chris Rock. You know, never said, you know, right, right, right. You know, so yeah, he was doing damage control, and I and I I don't, you know, I, I didn't I didn't feel like Chris Rock needed to to put a statement out there at all. I feel like, you know, and he did, you know, he, he said he was sorry for the joke and he crossed the line, but I don't know that he did. You know, I I, mm, I don't that's know not crossing a line. It's not crossing anything. That's just dumb. Yeah, it's I. No, I'm sorry. I'm totally team. Team comedians, you know, I stand with the comedians yeah. and yeah, think, because this is like, did he, yeah, did he get up and say, I did a bad, bad thing? No, he got up and said, Love makes you do crazy things. It's like, no, love makes yeah. you eat a pint of ice cream, you know, <laughs> love makes you yell about nothing, Lo- yeah. you know, love does not make you slap someone on the face in front of 15 million people, you yeah. know, yeah, that's just gross. And, yeah. and, and not, and you know what? It's, it, you can't always believe rumors and, and all that stuff. And Hollywood is full of that. But you know, when, when someone has a reputation for being a sweetheart, generally they are. And when someone has mm-hmm. a reputation for not being very nice, they generally are right. You know, it, yeah. it, it, right. details might be wrong, but people, you know. That's true. Chris Rock is generally thought to be a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is, is generally thought of to be an a-hole. Yeah. And, and has been for decades, you know, yeah. and yeah. I want to hear from the woman who was on Fresh Prince who quit because she said she couldn't stand working with him. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know, it's like, pick yeah. her up if she's still alive. You know, yeah. find her and let's hear that statement. Um, right. Why she really? Wow. Dig that up. But yeah, I got a couple of friends uh, on Facebook and uh, uh, Jay, you know, Dan Renzi. Yes. Yeah. Old, yeah. old MTV, old MTV, real world Miami, Dan Renzi. He's a friend of mine. And he said uh, that he, he has it. He put out a very vague statement on his Facebook thing saying that he know he knows that they're not nice people. The the Smiths are not nice people. And, oh. and then everybody's going, 
tell us why, tell us why, tell us why. And he said, I don't have to, I'm just telling you, I, you know, firsthand on authority, you know, I, mm. I know that, that they are. And, you know, I've heard that for, you know, about different people and like the whole Ellen thing, like when that was picking up steam and everybody yeah. was saying, yeah. Ellen's not as nice as you think she is. And all these people started coming forward and employees and whatnot. So there's always a little grain of truth behind those, those things. I, I think you're 100 on that. I think you're 100. Yeah. Aren't you, I think that, cause that's, that's such a vague concept, but you know, nice or not nice, but it's, you know, it's not like saying this one can't get off unless they're pooped on, you know, whatever. You're not, <laughs> it's not awful right. specific things, you know, it's, it's like, you just say whether someone's reputation is like this one's a sweetheart, this one's not, right? Or right. you know, and and you tend to know who's who's prickly and who's who's uh, right, right? You know, whether are, you, are they prickly or just a prick? You know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> some of them are curmudgeonly and but worth it, and other ones are are awful. Right. Yeah. but they make a lot of money, and and ultimately that's that's what matters. And yeah. you know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, you just start, you know, it's it's crazy because like I. I that moment at the end with Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli was so touching, you know, and I feel like everybody's mouths were still slowly going back up and they, <laughs> they didn't give that moment the credit that it deserved. Yeah. Now it's starting just now. That's what people were saying. Yeah, yeah it was people like really, saying, well, it was like the Hollywood hospice lady. Like she, I know that's what I kept saying. It's like she's a hospice nurse now. Who the hell designated her as then she's like how many other old people does she have to minister to it's like oh my god Gaga. it's like hey honey you know stop already it's um, so cute though it's adorable she, yeah, no, i really it's, think that she feeds off of their uh you know their legend you know like yeah. she, she, yeah. she does she yeah. feeds off that and and it's thunder good i mean you know, like I didn't appreciate House of Gucci. And we we tried to watch everything all in one weekend. And I think by the time we got, we watched Spencer, we watched Being the Ricardos. And by the time, oh. we, by the time we got to House of Gucci, I'm like, is this is like a cartoon? Like, this is, yeah. Yeah. The it action. really was. Jared Leto's performance was the campiest thing ever. I mean, that's, a, that's showgirls level campy. I mean, that, that was, that was yeah. hilarious. That was but, um, even even Al Pacino's even Al Pacino's. Oh my I'm god! Like, well, he they had uncles like that, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it's true. Right, yeah. right. We, we all that's have why, one. That's why Joe. I can't watch Joe Pesci and anything because he scares me. Because it's like, oh my god, it's like being home and you're my relatives when I'm <laughs> and I'm terrified of you. Awkward, um, uncomfortable. What's gonna come true. out? Yeah, yes, yes. But he, he, he although he was good yeah. in that. And what was it, the? The last Scorsese, the thing that is still going on somewhere, the Irishman, I guess it was. He was good in that. There's still, I, I sat for that three years ago. I'm still watching it. I mean, it's just like it's that went on and on and on. And on. I wouldn't even. I didn't even put a foot in. I didn't even put a foot in. I'm like, I don't have that kind of attention span. I was nervous about House of Gucci. I was like, oh, if anything that's over two hours, I start getting squirmy and I can't. Yeah, I we can't watched Licorice it. Pizza after the Oscars, and I hadn't seen that one, and. Uh, I was the only one that enjoyed it, but it, it was good for me because I'm not good with plot. I never know what the hell's going on. So there is no plot. So it's like, oh, well, good. Then I can follow this. That's, it's that's just, funny. oh, they fall in love. Okay, I'm, that's the whole story. Good. It's, <laughs> it's melancholy. They fall in love. It's just, it's just weird enough. We're done. Okay. And two hours and 15 minutes later, it's over. Okay, good. I, but, yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. didn't get to see that one. I've, saw, I've seen a lot of, of people commenting on it and I didn't see Drive My Car. Um, 
because yeah, no, yeah, I, I love the line. Subtitles. Was it Amy Schumer? Who's it was Amy Schumer or Wanda Sykes who said that they've already watched uh, the Power of the Dog three times? I finally finished it. <laughs> That's really a good joke, I, you know. And that people is. were like, people were saying that was way crueler than, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like punching up is never cruel. I'm sorry, yeah, if you are deflating millionaires, billionaires, not struggling artists, you right? Know, we right. used to do, we would do, and, and I wouldn't do it now, certainly, but I would do the worst, like Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's kind of voice, talking <laughs> about, the, which is horrible, talking about uh, the director of Brokeback Mountain. And, and we would talk about this, and I said, you know what, making fun of a guy who doesn't sound that way is really <laughs> smart and successful. Mm-hmm. Is it's not in good taste. It's in terrible taste. <laughs> but it's not. You're not making fun of the guy who brought you your your orange chicken. You if you make fun of a delivery boy, you're an asshole. Right. If you mm-hmm. make fun of the director, it's in bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're you're punching up. You know. Yeah. I mean, the idea that he would. St- get his R's and L's wrong, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a horrible joke and, and offensive, but it's not offense. It's not cruel yeah. the way it would be if you're picking on someone struggling for a living, new to the country, just making their right. ends meet. Yeah. That's really low and mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, acting like you're better than someone. If you're acting like, if you're yeah. taking the piss out of someone you revere, even in a low way, you're still... <laughs> revering them you know right. and, and yeah that's and a good point way. yeah and really i think i mean point. i yeah. i yeah. think yeah you know some there's a homeless woman with alopecia and you call her kojak you're an asshole you know <laughs> <laughs> you make fun of jada pinkett smith you're not maybe not be the nicest thing but you're not you know you're not treating someone whose life is on the skids like they're garbage right you know what i mean you're making fun of someone who's got everything the world could give them right except right you know know, and as a bold woman myself i was not offended okay (laughs) that's all i'll say (laughs) i love that that's perfect so so frank i did a little uh research because i knew you were coming on the show and i i went on youtube and i saw that you have a cookbook called recipes from dead celebrities oh the dead celebrity cookbook i have two dead celebrity cookbooks and uh among my five books yes so how did you get uh how did you get that idea and how did you get the the recipes how did that Uh, work out a grave robbing no i um (laughs) i was i had collected for many years i was an avid flea marketer and i still love it but i don't do it nearly with the, I used to go every weekend to the flea market in New York when when they still had uh, vacant lots in in Chelsea and the Flower District and stuff. I used to, go, you know, they had these huge areas that weren't built up yet. They're right. all gone now. They're all high rises now. <laughs> but we would go and um, you'd go and you'd meet every Sunday and go. And um, I bought furniture. I bought collectibles. I bought tiki mugs. I bought Batman things. I bought you know everything. Um, and one of the things I collected was anything that had a celebrity recipe. In it. And huh? you do, I think the secret about why a lot of people do what they do for a living is to justify their own 
taste and justify their own craziness. And I was like, with all we'll this passion, I've got a <laughs> what we'll passion? Passions. Yeah, no right. insanity. I think. Right. But I um I had all these cookbooks, and uh, and I thought, you know, I got to figure out what to do with these. And what gave me the idea was I had intern after intern at Sirius uh, when I was doing the radio show. And these kids didn't know who the hell I was talking about ever, you know? And, <laughs> and, um, and I, my parents both died and I started to think a lot about what one leaves behind and mm-hmm. uh, wanting people to remember the performers that influenced my sensibilities. So I thought, well, here's a way to do it with a cheeky title. And the only thing disrespectful was calling it the Dead Celebrity Cookbook. It was, <laughs> it was love letters to character actors who, whose names people didn't know, to mm-hmm. great comedians, to, yeah. uh, to gay pioneers. It was, um, you know, Liberace Sticky Buns recipe is in there. And it's like, <laughs> Liberace Sticky Buns? Um, okay, that, they're quite delicious as it turns out. Who knew? But... Uh, <laughs> Other than Scott Thorson, his his man, his, uh, his he knew I'll bet that his sticky buns were delicious. But uh, it, you know, it was uh, a a way to sort of um, memorialize uh, these performers, and also I think I I do think it was part of the grief of uh, of losing my parents, you know, over a ten year period. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it was that sense of oh, we're not here for very long. Let's see if I can do something to help people remember people I've adored. And so that's where the cookbook came from. Yeah. Some of the recipes are very good. Uh, some of them are dreadful. Um, <laughs> and I say that, in, but it was really, the, the, ex, the recipe was the excuse to write about the performer. The, per, the performer, yeah. You know, Isabel Sanford's wheezy chicken is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate to, hate to say it's horrible. Uh, but um, however, you know, Harriet Nelson's uh, uh, chicken bake is a heart attack on a plate but uh <laughs> you know it's it's uh worth you know but still it's it's uh you know it's delicious it's, so. it's i think it was such idea. a idea yeah such a great Thank idea yeah, yeah. really yeah really cool and you're such a great cook i mean baker yeah, pretty darn good we gained so much weight during covid quarantine oh my oh, god like, what did you just you just put something out just last week or something, it w- it had pecans on the top, and I'm like, oh yeah, I did it. Need to be friends. It was a. <laughs> I've been looking. Yeah, my neighbor and I get on famously because we she makes the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever eaten in my life. Oh. So she brings those over constantly, and I'm like, here, taste this cake, see what you think. Um, and <laughs> we haven't gotten to savory yet, although I bring quiche over once in a while because I do make a pretty mean quiche, um, because I'm a gay. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I I made a. Uh, it was called. Banana cake with uh with caramel frosting, C A R hyphen M E L frosting, and I had found it I think in the white trash cookbook years ago, <laughs> and I couldn't find the cookbook in my archives, and I must have either typed I don't know how where I found I did find it and typed it into my computer over the holidays, and so I brought it back uh, and I was like I got to make this the first excuse oh it's so good I I posted the I rest. knew it I knew I, I wish it was a scratch and sniff because I was like I can't. Oh, it was, that was wrong but i forgot to put the pecans in so i put them on top which was the best thing because then i added uh that crystallized sugar that that not sanding sugar but that heavier crunch, you know, gave it a crunch 
Oh. And uh, and I did that, and then I hit it with a couple of twists of salt. So oh. it was the salty sweet pecan yeah. caramel wow. butter brown sugar. Uh, it was rocking. It, was it's, really it just like ticks all my boxes. Anything <laughs> with like I've, I've ticked your box. My father would be so. I ticked a lady's box. My <laughs> father would not rank my box. Finally, after <laughs> all these just, years, there's <laughs> the title of this episode: Frank DeCaro ticks my yes. box. Yep. Yeah. Box, box ticker is going right on my new business card. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So I'm working cool. on a new book now on disco. This is my new thing. So I get oh, to watch this. Yeah, I get to watch like really Let's wrap with this. Let's wrap with this. this I was going to say, I've been watching like um, Lola Falana specials from the late 70s. And uh, my cousin was her hairdresser. I'm not lying about that. My cousin was her hairdresser. Oh, what? <laughs> he worked degrees. in Las Vegas in the 70s and he did Lola Falana's hair. And I was little and I would tell everybody and no one knew who she was. So I, I and I didn't know that that was kind of code for, you know, he's gay. Oh, right. Yeah. There's that. Yes. <laughs> um, that's why I watched them. But no, so I'm doing this new book, but it's fun because, you know, you get to uh, call, you know, you sit and wait for the village people Indian to call you. And then you're like, oh, Felipe, how are you? So I talked to him. He said, oh, I'll hook you up with Gloria Gaynor. And then I talked to her and, you know. So uh, the only thing is some of them are getting, you know, I, I was, there was a, a, a quite a giant in the field without naming names. And, I, and they were like, no, for personal reasons, he can't do it. And I thought, oh, I wonder if it's just because he's too old now. You know, that could very well be the reason. That could but, be. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you, so we'll, we'll make do. I'm writing... Uh, I'm, I'm working on a little piece about uh, if we're in the book about uh, the Ethel Merman disco album. So that's been a fun place to, to concentrate. For the last oh year. my God. I, I can't words, make it. I never imagined those words in a sentence together. Right? Oh, you don't have. Oh my God. You or download it on, on Apple, to whatever it's called, Apple music or iTunes or. I app. am going to. Oh now. My God. It's, it's the worst thing ever. It's so. <laughs> It's so dreadful. And then it, it turns out there are more things like that that I, you know, even I didn't know, but you'll be looking, you're like, Anne Margaret did a disco album? Well, now I have to look at that. So there's an Anne. Yeah, I keep finding things. Oh, and, that's uh, fantastic. And it's good oh, to be. It's going to be a great book. I yeah. hope it's due in September. That's the only frightening thing is it's like really, you know, I mean, oh, I've, yeah, I've got my checklist. Do you see any checks on the checklist? Oh, I did that. No, nothing's good. Ah. <laughs> oh, it's just a thousand things that have to get done. But it's always, it's always like that. It, it's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, but that's going to be fantastic because, you know, I tell you, I'm fascinated by that whole Studio 54, you know, Thing. Yeah. Like I watched a documentary on it and I'm, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating period. And the, the book looks at it as being that, that the disco sucks, disco demolition night movements, all of that anti-disco sentiment was yeah, really yeah. misogynistic and homophobic and yeah. racist because the people who were getting ahead were people of color, gays and women. And that was, that would not do. And so um, it talks about basically that it sort of was the MAGA movement of its day. And, uh, and, really? and so that's kind of the gist of uh, where it starts. But ultimately, it's a very it's a big celebration of, of <laughs> discos, you know, and that it didn't and that disco didn't die, even though they said it did. It didn't. It became, a, <laughs> it it became didn't. house. It didn't. It became, dance, it became hip hop. It became electronic dance music 
it became the soundtrack to the Target commercials a couple of years ago. You know, when, when your Christmas song is a remake of I Feel Love by Donna Summer, sung by an openly queer Sam Smith, things have changed. Yeah, you know? so yeah we're, finally, that, we're getting that. that. Those are big strides there. Those are big strides. Yeah. There's so, the episode yeah. name. Disco oh, yeah. didn't die. Disco <laughs> didn't die. Now I, I want to be the box ticker. I yeah, I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Frank, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to do this. What a oh, pleasure. it's my like pleasure. I said, I've been a fan, you know, for, for ages, and it's just uh, it's just an absolute thrill to have I'm you. I'm a new fan, new <laughs> fan here. <laughs> I, I like when that. rock and rollers are my fans. I need that, <laughs> even if I'm writing a disco book. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! Uh, yeah, well, that's, send um, me links and I'll post them, and and uh, uh, yeah. you know we'll we'll make sure people watch and uh, and it's but and thank you. A lot of times podcasts turn out to be hostage situations where they go on for hours, and you know so thank you for a second. This was love, just enough. That's, that's what I said about the disco book. Like, how deep are you going? I was like, just enough information. That's what I'm going to perfect. Say. It's perfect. I yeah, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the to the book and uh and your next facebook post dear god your next thank facebook you. post. <laughs> i take social media way too seriously hey if people could i would love it if they would follow me at frank DeCaro show and also if they're interested in in rupaul then they need to get my drag book coming through the it's called drag coming through the big wigs of show business yes because it really is a a, a good primer on uh on on what you need to know about drag before, during, and after it's, RuPaul's yeah, Drag Race. Fantastic. So uh, I, I included your cover in my uh, in my in my little uh, reel on because I, I saw it. that. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Well, I'm doing self promotion, self aggrandizement, and self promotion. Perfect, perfect. And I will be starring in GI Jane three, so I'm very excited <laughs> about that. So please, I'm ending it on that. We're going into production. I'm very I'm ending it on that. You're an absolute delight. Thank you, sir. Bye, Frank. <laughs> nice meeting you. Bye. <laughs>